Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. And today we are covering Maman. Mammon? Mammon. In Constancy, and they say Maman. Oh, they do. Yeah, I love how often that show comes up. Or that movie comes up on this show. I fucking love that movie. It's, it's a great so movie. Good. The attention to detail. The really. Dungeon Cast brought to you by Constantine the movie. Keanu um, Reeves uh, wants to do another one. I hope they oblige him. I I hope so too because I'll see it. Uh, hey Brian. Hey Will. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. <laughs> we started the show talking about Keanu Reeves and Constantine. I love both those. He things. takes precedence. He's just so good. Um, before we get into today's episode, uh, we have a big thank you to send out to Elderwood Academy, who sent us these gorgeous, and I do say gorgeous, wooden dice holders. Yeah, the bag is gorgeous. I got I, I what was this? Elderwood? I think it was called. It's like a, a beautiful purple. And it's got a dope dragon insignia on it I asked for, and it looks amazing. Inside, you can see, it's magnetized, by the way, but inside you can see where you put your dice. It's gorgeous. It's got, like, a leather interior. And best of all, it's got a custom dungeon cast thing in the back. It's I love true. it. true. Mine has a tree. So thank I you guys for sending us free stuff. This is so cool. I'm yeah. going to use it all the time. I love it. Did and you show uh, them the, in, the whole I inside? Did, if did. you're on YouTube, you can see this. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. If not, I hope Will's description was apt enough. Yeah, we'll put the link in the description. Thank you, Elderwood Academy. This looks gorgeous. We are going to use it. It smells like it was carved. For us, it was. It was, and it, because it's, it's it was. our own bespoke thing. You can. I bought one of these for your special guest Jake for his birthday. But one guess time. what? It doesn't have the Dungeon Guest logo on it the back. It doesn't have that, <laughs> but it did have like a sick. Uh, oh yeah, you got style. the cool tree. That's awesome. I, I did get the cool tree. Okay. Thanks, ever, thanks, Elderwood. Brian. Hey, Will. What year is it? Ah, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's Alan Parrish. No, uh, the, your impression of Alan Parrish. I guess really so, good. kind of. Was it good? Uh, Jum- uh, Jumanji. Yes. Uh, oh, and, and Jumanji is coming up. <laughs> it's a good this movie. Is a tangent. Stick around. <laughs> what year is it, Brian? Uh, n- 1999. Remember? No, it is Year <laughs> of the Fiend. <laughs> You're That's my right. Friend. We are covering fiends, big and small, this year on the Dungeon Cast. And today we got ourselves a biggin, uh, mammal. Oh, I think. Sorry, I missed. Yeah. It's 1995, not 1990. I said 1999. It wasn't 95? I, w- I was 97. Okay, you look that up. I'm going to talk about D&D stuff. Uh, today, we got ourselves a big un- mammon 
the Serpent, King of Greed, Lord of Lust, Archduke, Archduke of the Third Layer of the Nine Hells, Minaros, or Minaros. He's kind of a big deal. So are you ready to venture through that secret door below the Iron Tower of Dis and descend into the stinking, wretched bog that is Minaros? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no. I'm looking up. I'm looking up. God the damn quote. it, Brian. Are you willing to endure the endless pollution, acid rain, and hailstones that will eat away at your body and soul? No, again. Wait, okay. did I say yes the first you time? See, you did say yes the first I'm time. I'm going to change that to no and ah. say no again. Are, well, are you willing to make the commitment to descend into the stinking city, sinking city itself and behold the loathsome servant that is Memon? Also, no. Oh, well then, okay. <laughs> no, of so course fun. I of course I am. Alright, then let's get into you it. You know why I'm doing these terrible things. I know, I know you are. Okay. Maman was originally a traditionally infernal looking devil. He is reported to have been a twelve foot tall humanoid devil that resembled resembled a flabby pit fiend with scaly red gold skin and wings that were as lustrous as rubies. This though is no longer the case. Oh. Although he's still able to assume his old form via magic, Maman's natural appearance has been changed by Asmodeus as punishment for his part in the reckoning of, reckoning of hell, i.e. all of the Archduke's gross underestimation of how badass Asmo is and their failed rebellion. Asmo. <laughs> it is unclear if this transformation is actually was against Mammon's will. Uh, some say Mammon actually requested the punishment, both to pay penance to Asmodeus and to sig signify that Mammon is a new devil and not one to repeat the mistakes of his predecessor. Spank me, Daddy! I'm oh God, now. no. Basically, I've learned. Basically, <laughs> regardless, now Maman resembles a certain UN, resembles certain UNT half-bloods, albeit 30 feet long. His lower half is that of an enormous spotted serpent with yellow-brown skin comparable to swirled vomit. That is that is directly from the okay. book as a description. They said, compared to swirled vomit. Swirled uh, how many times? I, uh, so many times. I prefer my vomit shaken. <laughs> horrible. While his upper half sports a muscular human or torso with bony spines protruding across his shoulders and along his large arms. That's gross, dude. Yeah, he's pretty gross. You do uh, like one swirl, two swirls? I, f I feel like it's like an endless vortex swirl. He hit pulse on the blender? Like, yes. Like the face of Jupiter? That's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> you read it. Yeah, I did. You wrote his it. horned, hairless head is similar, similarly humanoid, but oversized. Some say his eyes are yellow and slitted like a snake, while others report that his eyes are pale and pupilless. Below his white eyes are hideous black lips, behind which lay his pointed teeth, two serpentine fangs, and a forked tongue that belies his hissing, whispering voice. Cool. Is there like... Is that... Do they write these from like the perspective of the adventurers who have supposedly seen him, and that's why it's like kind of yeah choppy. I well, I think it's it's twofold because you see this a lot with the big deities. It's threefold. Sorry, one is uh, the additions don't agree, so that's yeah. a big part of it. Yeah. Number two is that these entities that are so powerful have a very high tendency to change how they look in you know in the moment. Mm -hmm. So like it's probably both true. Okay. Was there a third thing? Um, there was. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it happens. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. The third thing is this, just that, yeah, they do write it in the perspective of, like, in-game sources, which are unreliable. Right. Like, this is how a bard would say it. And Telephone is a crazy game if you've never played it. Exactly. Yeah. So, as the Lord of... Oh, wait. Mammon is the foremost merchant and miser of the Nine Hells, and perhaps the richest entity in all the planes. Mm. As the Lord of Mineros, Mammon oversees the most lucrative trade in the D&D cosmos, the soul trade. And he has a rather unfair advantage in the soul claiming game compared to the other Archdukes, as he is the official accountant and distributor of all unclaimed souls in the Nine Hells. 
So while those who pledge or sign away their souls are claimed by the devil they bargained with, lawful evil creatures that aren't bound by any contract emerge from the river Styx as lemurs. Uh, roving bands of soul mongers patrol the river banks, harvesting the newly created devils. On its arrival, each soul passes through the capital of Mineros, the sinking city, and is recorded. The soul is then distributed to whoever should claim it according to whatever current contracts are in force and laws are in effect. Mammon then appropriates any extra lemurs for himself. Mm, lemurs. So he takes a little bit off the top. That's cool. Every so, single time. And he's driving. Uh, All day, every day. And he's driving like a 1995 Honda Accord. Yeah, like he's just like not willing to buy a new car. And this no, you are fine. absolutely correct. Like we are about to super get into it because this dude doesn't spend a dime if he doesn't have to. <laughs> no souls. Is he is he hoarding souls as well? Is that like part of his? Uh, no, he sells them like crazy. So okay. you'll, you'll see. So he wants the physical money. He does. Got it. The king of avarice is one of the few archdevils willing to barter in gold as opposed to souls. Mm. And any surplus souls he obtains are sold for money. It is in this way that Mammon has secured such vast amounts of wealth. And Mammon's wealth is his primary way of exerting both power and influence he offers monetary loans to other devils in return for his service favors or items he desires from time to time he dips into his coffers to attract mercenaries to ensure that a particularly virulent demonic advance is stopped uh, always in the expectation that the current lord of avernus turns loot and booty obtained um from the defeated demons over to him. Okay, so it's so like he'll loan out shark he'll loan out he's like, like yo zariel i hear you need help i hired some guys but anything that is gained from battles they're involved with i want that yeah what is what is to be gained from like a bunch of like you know armorless demons or whatever um like just dropping gold like like well, in a video I, game i think some demons tend to come equipped there's a lot of mortals involved as well and mm. not all incursions are necessarily purely demon there's eugolith there's celestial there's all kinds of stuff so oh. he's going to pick and choose the battles um whether whether it's because Mineros is uh, directly in danger or if a particular battle looks lucrative. And since Zariel specifically probably doesn't give a shit about money or treasure, she's just like, fine, yeah, whatever, I don't care. Okay. So It's like, what happened to the town of Oakenstrike? It was said that the abyss opened up beneath it. And then the town of Oakenstrike is all just running in the blood war. Like, yes. Together, like, ah, pitchforks and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody's, you got it. Everybody's laughing. Everyone's having a good time. <laughs> so furthermore, Mammon is extremely successful at tempting greedy mortals into his service with promises and visions of more wealth than they could ever spend. Mammon himself has come to measure everything in terms of its value in gold. He cares only for the material gain that a transaction can provide for him. He never rests and spends every waking moment pursuing schemes to fatten his treasury. He looks for every opportunity to make his processes more efficient so that he can rake in more and more gold in a given span of time. <clears throat> like he's never ha happy there always has to be growth he loves gold he does he does Mammon's obsession with wealth and efficacy make him a dangerous entity to entreat with uh, he enters any bargain with the goal of making a profit those who waste his time or tarry in their dealings with him are likely to incur his wrath if he can't make an acceptable profit in return for the time he has spent he can at least vent his frustration by grinding the offending party into a thick bloody sludge okay <laughs> this dude is very violent and very angry all the time oh wow uh, Mammon's personality profile can be summed up as utterly selfish and personified greed he constantly searches for more wealth to fill the empty hole in his heart an absolutely ruthless hunter of who or what he wants he unrelentingly pursues his quarry whether it be person or possession but always a serpent is indifferent to his prize once he actually obtains it and swiftly moves on to the new target oh this dude's super gross yeah he's horrible yeah he's or horrible he's, okay he's greed incarnate never satisfied 
Um, alongside being avaricious, Mammon is also megalomaniacal, uh, lusting after power and always scheming to acquire more of it. The methods required to achieve this, his goals are irrelevant to Mammon. He will perform whatever act he believes is necessary to accomplish them, whether it be to seduce his victims with silver-tongued promises before wanton and gleefully watching their expressions as he betrays them, <laughs> or instead he blackmails and tortures his victims into selling their souls, their possessions, or in their entire kingdoms. He enjoys dealing with mortals of wealth the best. He's got some one tied up he's just like tickling them it's like give me your soul <laughs> tickle tickle sure i mean tickle is a form of torture as far as i'm concerned yeah i mean like if you're good at tickling people yeah they're gonna give you your soul yeah eventually. it's so true <laughs> the serpent's speech uh can be compared to his schemes in their convoluted nature for it is riddled with winding messages and unclear requests meandering even when he is supposed to be delivering orders to add to this, Memon is not only sinister but shameless, keeping his position primarily by acts of bootlicking psychophantism, psych uh, most charitably described as embarrassing. His pathetic groveling before his master is as renowned as his arrogant condescension towards his inf own inferiors. What the so hell? So he's absolutely shameless. Okay, yeah, he's just going to do whatever it takes for the gold. Exactly. Whatever it takes whatever for the power. Whatever it takes for the power. Yes, exactly. So he doesn't, he's not like commanding respect from people necessarily. No, everyone hates this dude. <laughs> everyone. You'll, well, you'll see. So Memon's host of other flaws include his overactive paranoia, which causes him to endlessly search for loyal servants, but then never trust any of them. His typical response to frustration, such as if he feels his time is wasted, is to alleviate the feeling by destroying the offender or otherwise tormenting unrelated parties uh this when paired with his petty oversensitive demeanor and overindulgent hedonism makes a being that is practically impossible to work with uh no matter how competent the tyrant it is impossible to stay on memon's good side for he has no such thing so he's just like offering people shit that they need at their at if he sees an advantage in it for himself yes and he's he drives the hardest bargain right he's he's one of those people who that will sell you water for a fortune because he knows you gotta drink you'll die if you don't drink so you'll give me whatever i ask for yeah he's yeah. charging he's nestle the company <laughs> i was just gonna talk shit about corporate america <laughs> yeah he's too. corporate america yeah, yeah. it's, it's uh, so true he's charging you 30 grand for your ambulance ride yes you know, absolutely you need it or you'll die absolutely this man is amr the company <laughs> Um, I'll call him all out. I'll give a fuck. This is Dungeon Cast. <laughs> when, when particularly angry or in need of relaxation, Mammon reverts to his original pit fiend form, you know, the good old days, mounts his massive nightmare, releases a pack of larger than average hellhounds, and goes on a trophy taking hunt. Um, devilish deserters are the most frequent quarry, but wandering mortals are also fair game. Now, when you say mounts his massive nightmare, you mean the horse? Nightmare, I'm talking about right? the horse. Yes, it's not the, like the a horse. euphemism. For no, okay. not a, not a euphemism. Okay, just you know checking. What? I had. To, there might be somebody listening to this as their first dungeon cast uh -huh. episode. Exactly. So they need to know what nightmares are. That's true. They're, horse, they do. they're flaming horses. Go check out the nightmares episode. Yeah, we have a nightmares episode. It's not a dick. You could do that while we take the short rest. We've returned. Indeed, we have. And uh, let's let's give another thanks to Elderwood Academy because oh, I yeah? found their little card on the oh. on the table. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Elderwood. Thanks, Elderwood like Academy. It says thank you, and it has all their products on yeah. it. I do. I want their dice tower. They're pretty sick. That does look pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll go ahead. Uh, check out our Patreon. Oh yes, yeah. we usually Please try do. to say something right at the top of the long we rest. Do. It was the year. It was 1995. Uh, uh, for Jumanji. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot what the little girl's name is. Ooh, I can't remember either kid's names. I cannot string this. I remember Sarah was his love interest. Yes. I remember Alan and Sarah. 
And then I remember the two kids that were really annoying. Kenny and No, no way it was Kenny. Martha. No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. What's your favorite scene from that movie? What's my favorite scene yeah, from, from that movie? Yeah, from Jumanji, yeah. Uh the the stampede, like the the stampede down oh, yeah, the, stampede the hallway. Like right. that whole that whole sequence is is wild. I'm sure you already know this, but did you realize that the hunter character hunting Alan is played by the same actor who does the father? As his dad. Yeah. Because it's a it's a it's a it's, it's trying metaphor. to teach him. The yeah. the game just trying to help you. Yeah, it's true. Um, in the worst way possible. Yeah, in the worst way. But no way one possible. actually dies. Uh well, like because they go back in time. But if you pay attention to that movie, there are people dying all over the place. <laughs> it's kind of like a demonic incursion. Speaking they're, of which, <laughs> yeah, they're well. There's those mosquitoes get released and they're huge and they're biting oh, yeah. people. Yeah, and the ambulance right. stops working it, and right. they almost get stabbed through the roof of a fucking yes, car. I do remember. And there's a that's lion a, in their house that hits a, that piano and jumps at them. That's a cool scene. That is a cool scene. And that's drums, a good movie. When the drums first start and they're yes. walking upstairs. That's yeah. That whole that whole and then Alan Parrish emerges and then he mm. runs down the street. Mm. He's like, "What year is it?" <laughs> and the year of the fiend. That's what they say. We're back. <laughs> I brought it. I brought you it back. Brought it back, and we're going into Mineros. The third layer of the Nine Hells is a stench-ridden bog. Acidic rain spills from the layers. Uh, brown skies, thick layers of scum cover its putrid surface, and yawning pits lie in wait beneath the murk to engulf careless wanderers. The fetid blackened dirt has melted into cesspools and marshes by the precipitation of oily sludge, occasionally accompanied by hailstones of polluted ice mixed with metal shards and teeth. Oh, gross. Where do the teeth, teeth come from? I don't know. How are the teeth up in the clouds? <laughs> it's because the clouds are made of oil and they bind to everything. They, it's like gelatinous cubes like melt a bunch of fools except they can't melt the teeth or what in the bones and stuff. And then it evaporates and becomes the cloud or gets sucked up by the cloud. Uh, don't the whole go, gelatinous cube ecosystem. Don't thing. go to Mineros. There's teeth clouds. There's basically, teeth, there's clouds with. If if you're out in the rain, you will get teeth on you. <laughs> so horrible. The only light source comes from the stinking clouds of yellow green swamp gas throughout the lair. Uh, various foul odors bubble from up from the putrid waters, and intaking the contaminated oozes is an easy way to catch a horrible disease. Yeah. Uh, closer to the center of Mineros are rifts filled with slime and ash spewing oh, volcanoes. God damn it. You told me before the I recording did. it wouldn't happen. I mean, I should just put it on silent. I don't know why I don't. <laughs> it is said that Mineros was built upon the bodies of the dead. And indeed, the Blighted Bog is littered with carrion and bones. Uh, trying to navigate the murky layer can lead to accidentally tripping over the scattered remains of the dead or falling into a sinkhole. These are just all the bodies of people that have been looted, like mugged for their gold. They're just left behind. With, like, yeah. Or, I mean, okay. I mean, think about it like this. There's two layers above this layer when it comes to the river sticks, which runs through them all, right? The first one is an infinite war zone where celestials, demons, devils, and mortals are constantly uh, dying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And their bodies are probably being thrown in the river, right? Ooh, the yeah. next layer is probably the biggest city in existence, the infinite city of Dis, where uh, basically... It, it's horrible living conditions. I guarantee people are constantly dying there, too, and probably being thrown in the river. Killed by so, Iron Man. Sure. Um, so I think all those bodies are coming down the river and then they're getting stuck in this, in this bog, this mm. infinite bog. That's my theory. Okay. That's a pretty good theory. Okay. Amorphous lemurs and cowardly spinagons, which are spine devils, are abundant in the swamp due to Mammon's paranoia and short temper, forcing him to keep plentiful supplies of worthless devils nearby in case he needs to spontaneously fire someone important. <laughs> 
pitiful, demoted, uh, oh God, new, new Nuparibos. Nuparibos. Uh, <laughs> look these guys up. They're horrible. About to look up They're horrible Nupar- looking. Um, they're like the one of the lowest of devil kind. Uh, can also be found blindly slogging through the filth along with lesser devils seeking to redeem themselves in Mammon's eyes. I want you to describe the Nuparibo or Nuparibo. Uh, uh, like an extremely, extremely like obese, I guess. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, humanoid <laughs> yeah it's extremely obese humanoid they're blind they smell really smoke bad smoke is coming out of their fucking shoulders and I ears think they like explode. Majin I think that's a thing oh it's like there's a zombie that does that in Left 4 Dead yeah it's very much like that yeah okay oh god and if you in, are into Yu-Gi-Oh uh, think of the plague spreader zombie oh okay yeah at the center of this horrid plane of existence, the slimy walls of the sinking city of Mineros rise hundreds of feet into the air, protecting the flooded halls of Maman. This world-sized city is ever sinking into the frigid, polluted muck. The civilization of the sinking city is always on the edge of total collapse, filled with cyclopean cities of well-carved stone and once grand fortresses perpetually submerging further into the mud. The newer structures showcase second-rate materials and shoddy constructions, construction techniques, constantly needing to be repaired, redone, or entirely replaced. Mm. All of the original structures of the city fell long ago, but the remnants occasionally emerged to the surface when Swamp... Selling a little? Or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. 
Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. That's where volcanic movement forces them through the mud. Yeah, if you hear a big fart noise out in the distance, run. go check that swamp because there might be something new to look at. <laughs> run first and then go check. Run first. Yeah. Um, the streets of the city are all are mostly made of uneasy uneasy buckling paving stones that make wheel travel impossible at times. Uh, but some are merely merely large stones that are always being replaced when they inevitably sink beyond vision. The city's architects have attempted to alleviate the effects of the hail by building large canopies, but this has only increased the frequency with which teetering buildings collapse thanks to their precariously placed pillars that are on their shifting foundations. So basically, they put up these canopies above, like attached to the buildings, uh, above the building, okay. and they get so heavy from the hailstones and the foundation's so horrible that it causes buildings to fall. Why do they put the canopies up there? Because to the hail the doesn't hail? stop. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, that sounds bad. It's really bad. Even Maman's home, a golden gem-studded palace more comparable to a mausoleum than a dwelling, has been slowly sinking into the scummy soup from its haphazard position. That's a bummer. You think, oh, but he's too cheap to pay for anybody to come fix the foundation because that's expensive. The biggest reason for the dismal state of Mineros, besides the horrible terrain and environmental hazards, is that Maman's greed is as bottomless as his swamp. Despite his immeasurable levels of wealth, Mammon seems uninterested in the well-being of his own domain and unwilling to invest more than a minimal amount of wealth needed to perform maintenance, even in regards to the practical upkeep of his own home. So yeah, he's just too cheap. He didn't want to spend it. Please, boss. The sewers are all clogged. No one can poop. <laughs> just poop outside. It's just, There's a whole bog out there. You have to call the plumber, please. Please. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> His nameless residence itself is built out of exotic black stones likely brought from the prime material plane. It is crowded with innumerable treasure, souls, and gold. Yet Maman refuses even to spend a single coin more than absolutely necessary to keep the soul market in the stinking city functional. I keep calling it stinking city, and guess what? It does stink. It does stink, but like it's a everything in hell. It, 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 yeah, but a little bit more. That sinking, but a little stinking bit more. city. Yeah, the sinking, you can start stinking saying city. It like, uh, you know... Like the line that keeps getting repeated in, in the like noir film. Yeah. That's sinking, sinking, stinking city. city. That cannot be saved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it sinks and it stinks. So he refuses to even pump money back into the soul marketplace, which is, you know, the actual source of most of his wealth. Uh-huh. So he's even he even skimps there. Right. He's just siphoning everything. Exactly. But the economy of the sinking city persists. It remains one of the most bustling, robust soul markets in the plains where heinous devils and worse mortals act as functionaries for those wishing to prove their worth to the king of avarice. Uh, Devils and fiends from across the plains gather here to trade souls. Uh, The place bustles with activity as caravans arrive and depart and merchants haggle over their wares. 
Maman himself rarely leaves the sinking city as he prefers ruling his domain from a singular location, although he rarely actually supervises the realm. Instead, a majority of his time is spent under the corrupted depths where he devises new nefarious schemes. Like his peers, he covets the crown of Asmodeus and plots to overthrow him, but where he differs from them is that he doesn't bother with treacherous, devilish politics and instead conspires to enrich himself. Uh, money is power, and only power will unseat Asmodeus. Mammon wastes no time sleeping, devoting every second to his money-making machinations so as to increase his unwieldy income rate. That's his problem, is Asmo has had... He got in early in investing in his in his youth, mm -hmm, and he mm -hmm. put a lot of money there, and it exponentially increases. And Mammon is more like a day trader guy. He's, like, taking money out when he probably shouldn't just to chase that dollar. <laughs> it's he's true. Like, Dude, you got to let your money sit and mature. Absolutely. Your assets... He's, he's like, hoarding cash at his house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's not letting his assets breathe. Yep. I think you hit the nail on the head. And that's why he'll never be Asmo. No, Asmo he'll never be Asmo. how to invest, not only in the S&P 500 and other uh, capital markets, but in... Uh, cryptocurrency oh yeah absolutely uh he's avoiding nfts and, no yeah uh, and you souls yeah souls he's i bet you souls i bet you mammon has so many nfts yeah mammon mammon's trading nfts and they're not all working out he's really no, pissed yeah he's trying to like <laughs> fucking take him down people are just bailing he's like can't fi fucking figure it out despite being one of the lords of the nine mammon is considered a lesser archdevil in hell's political sphere he is hopelessly lacking in allies among the other lords of the nine even tiamat has beef with him for his reputation of stealing her dragon worshipers by appealing to their greed oh cool that is fucking cool actually <laughs> it's, it's i like really that so funny. he's just got abishai over there yeah sure he's got abishai he's got dragons he's got, he's got regular dragons yeah the dragon's like i fucking hate it here mammon <laughs> fix the fucking roads dude <laughs> I know I don't use them, but it looks like shit. Well, I don't think the dragons stay there. Oh, I think, yeah, okay. I think they're just under his pay. Just green dragons. And he gets their souls when oh, they die. yeah. Yeah, you can have my soul. I love swamps. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I bet you black dragons probably like are, are easiest. Don't greens also do swamps? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a time before his current snake form when the King of Avarice held an alliance with Despater and by extension Mephistopheles. They plotted against Asmodeus together but when caught plotting, Mammon began almost instantly groveling and prostrating himself before Asmodeus the moment uh, the overlord discovered him. Damn. He betrayed Despater and Mephistopheles without a second thought thus earning him the suspicion and scorn of every other archdevil. I mean against at verse... You versus Asmo, that was probably the right move. Yeah, you I versus think, everyone else, though. I think the move. idea here is like if Despater had been caught, he would have like eluded the the subject or like passed off some of the blame on other people, or you know, he would have spun it, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. But not my mom. He was just he immediately panicked. I'm sorry, Daddy. <laughs> Do me the spank. We'll get up. We'll get through this. <laughs> We're gonna need to take a second short rest at this rate. So <laughs> taking too much damage. Mammon has a particularly complex relationship with his former consort, Glasia, daughter of Asmodeus. Oh, uh, she once held the position as Mammon's concubine, and this was at the time something of a confounding mystery to the other archdukes and greater devils. Mammon mm -hmm. has never been well liked, politi politically savvy, physically attractive, or particularly powerful compared to the other eligible partners for Asmodeus's heir. Yet she was with Memon all the same. Okay. Uh, some say this was not a partnership of choice, but a form of punishment placed upon her by Asmodeus. Uh, the spoiled princess of hell, accustomed to the comforts of Nessus, was forced to endure the disgusting advances of the serpent in the backwater slum that was his lair. Still others posit that she came to Mineros willingly, possibly out of some form of genuine affection or merely as a way to annoy the other archdevils, particularly her father, before the Lord of Nessus broke off their relationship. Okay. So it's a little up in the air. All right. So Maman put up little to no resistance against Asmodeus' demands uh, 
to end the relationship, uh, possibly earning Lazia's scorn. Okay. Um, his attitude towards her is similarly enigmatic. On one hand, he is embittered towards her for her supposed manipulation of him and frightened of her rise as Archduchess because she's one of those now. Okay. Uh, whether or not the two have rekindled their old spark outside of his Modis's eye or still passionately resent each other is not known. Although, given the twisted nature of infernal romantic intrigue and the backwards devilish approach to relationships, both could be true. Okay, so this is just some extra, like, here's, yeah, here's is, a little thing for you to play with if you If go you there. want to, yeah, yeah. absolutely. While Maman is the master of Mineros in name, he neglects his duties, leaving such matters to his seneschal, Focalor. Focalor? Focalor. Focalor is an interesting greater fiend. He appears to be a thin, bearded, middle-aged human, a uh, sage, if you will, his face fixed in an expression of heavy concern. Mm. But when he, when he unfurls his feathered wings from his flowing robes and reveals his brown cloven hooves, his fiendish blood is made clear. He wears an iron gauntlet on his right hand as his badge of office. Uh, respectful but silent, Focalar handles the administration, diplomacy, and security of Mineros in his master's absence, as well as the protection of Glazia during her time as his consort. Despite appearing completely loyal, having resisted the constant temptations by rival archdevils to win him over to their side, Focalor hates his master for his incompetence and irresponsibility. He willingly worked with Glazia when he was her bodyguard, using his actual awareness of the political sphere to undermine Maman with the attempt to destroy him. It sounds like he could succeed easily. It sounds like he, he is very close to doing so. Okay. But... We'll see. He just needs the summit. He just needs some adventurers to come through and Maybe. Like stab this guy. Maybe, but there's more to it. Okay. Maman is also reliant on his powerful vassal dukes, who dwell far from the sinking city amidst uh, dead woods and volcanoes to protect the realm. His chief vassal is a bronze general. Is the bronze general Bale, a tactical mastermind whose unending triumph over abyssal legions with the 66 barbed devil companies earn him great acclaim. Why 66? <clears throat> because six is a cool number. Why not 600 and six? Just do it. I think that's just a lot. That was just like, too We many. don't want to make him that powerful. Maybe we should just do Because if we had that <laughs> many, why isn't he just the archduke? He couldn't commit. Couldn't commit. <laughs> Although he struggles with devilish politics, Bale still plots to take over Minos by overthrowing both Focalor and Maman. It is believed that without the wisdom of Focalor, the military genius of Bale, the strength of his other dukes, and all their constantly plotting against each other, Maman would have easily been supplanted. Uh, much earlier. <laughs> so one is scared to take the position. It's by just that of they're the other. constantly vying against each other. So none of them actually get in the position to to usurp. It's just a, it's a micro system mm -hmm. that's happening in a, a bigger ma macro system that's doing the exact same thing. Exactly right. Oh my god. Ironically, Maman desires absolute loyalty from his servants and thus surrounds himself with lesser devils known for their their obedience. Brutish bearded devils are common, used to haul carts and sometimes to trade between other circles of the nine hells in search of souls worthy to become Narzagons or Hell Knights. So they're a really cool archdevil or really cool devil if you want to look them up. Narzagons. Um, <clears throat> Despite their hatred for Mineros's humanity, his armies are led by ice devils and are mostly comprised of bone devils and barb devils. Um, like their master, Mammon's minions are experts in transactions involving the soul, but even experienced harvesters find themselves shocked at the low prices for which immortal souls are offered. Using a guidebook known as the Accounting and Valuation of All Things, they can assess the soul's value in relation to various other goods, allowing for a minimal drain on Mammon's treasury. Are you looking these guys up? They look I'm pretty looking cool. at Narzagons. Yeah, they look pretty heavy metal oh here's the mini it looks pretty good yeah they tend to ride nightmares they're in all black armor yeah they mount their they nightmares. look like a dark souls enemy yeah 
Um, the minions of the serpent often attempt to imitate their lord's behavior of greed and miserliness in the hopes of winning his goodwill. Normally, devils only view treasure as a useful tool to be discarded as needed, but Mammon's agents might take moderate and even extreme risks to, to protect their gold. And like Mammon himself, his followers excel at managing relations between groups by two-facedly switching between attitudes. They will stoop to any tactic, no matter how humiliating, awkward, or otherwise unpleasant, to get what they want, flipping between merciless violence and cowardly retreats in an instant. Good times. Yeah. Completely lacking in shame, they conversely have no honor. Lying, cheating, and stealing is needed. Rarely can they operate within a group of supposed allies before quickly portraying them in order to get ahead, avoiding personal risks by sacrificing their companions. Such reputation, along with other unsavory behaviors, has only added to Maman's lack of allies. It's like, even your people suck, bro. Yeah, it sounds like you could get through this place pretty easily if you could figure out how to manipulate one person into fucking up the next person. I think so. I think on. I think the last two layers are, are the harder ones to get through mm-hmm. on a on a social political uh, level. Right. On a physical level, this place also super sucks and you'll probably die. Yeah, with all the gas and the bad roads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maman is fully aware that his area of expertise is not in diplomacy, but the soul trade. And after realizing his inability to form new relationships with the major figures of hell, he's devoted himself to uh, it further than ever before. Of all the archdevils, his efforts to reap souls has always proved the most bountiful, and he does so, as one might expect, with his raw affluence. As patron of the greedy and lustful, Maman draws in the materialistic mortals that not only desire the pleasures of wealth, but the pleasures of denying it to others, spreading their avarice like a virulent plague. He also based, bases his bases his teachings on the principle that money is the root of all evil, and incites the rich and powerful into abandoning acts of charity, sabotaging industries, and bankrupting once prosperous nations. In his mission to cause economic collapse, he has sent a vast number of his devils to the mortal realms, each desperate to sow desperation and send them millions into deep stabilized regions to Mineros. Yeah, so he probably makes NFTs. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> he, he makes so many NFTs. It's just a bunch of himself being like a sexy snake. <laughs> Absolutely. Maman's influence on the material plane isn't limited to countless singular extortions by his devils, for he also has widespread moral cults. Having gained exorbitant wealth from dirty dealings, coercion, and extortion, such cultists can be found at the peak of high society and in merchant or trade guilds. The powers offered by Maman allow his followers to thieve and deceive with almost supernatural skill, manipulating the very idea of value in where it lies in the minds of others. So all the CEOs are just like followers of Maman. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) That sucks. Um, Ammonian cult initiation requires the neophyte to betray their closest friend for personal gain and perform a perverse ritual as demeaning as it is disgusting. Um, such behavior is in line with the gross servants pro- provenly loyal cultists will have to endure if invited to Mammon's court, while horrendous attending his court can curry wealth beyond the imagination of mortals. Oh, gosh. Maman's temples are obscenely ornate and ungodly gaudy, um, showcasing so much treasure that the raw garish Border, garishness borders on ridiculous. Uh, true to Maman's nature, the liars and the layers and implements within are so much tool. Wait, whoa, gosh, aren't, aren't, aren't so, so, much, so tools. much tools? Oh yeah, yeah. True to Maman's nature, the layers and implements within aren't so much tools to protect their wealth, but wealth that also performs a function. Um, from the altars to the sacrificial daggers to the temples themselves, almost everything is made of gold and adorned with gemstones. Cultists prosper by using temples as locations for back alley deals, conspiring together and making commercial packs within that carry out to the wider world. Uh, this is my least favorite of the hells, I think. Oh, yeah. Because you... of the parallels it's drawing. Oh, right, right. Just absolutely. Sad. Mm-hmm. No, I feel you, man. I feel you. Some real shit. <laughs> 
Weaker than other archdevils or not, Memon is an archduke of hell and thus commands great power. He has various spell-like abilities such as fool's gold or teleport and other powers that allow him to bewitch and confound. He is a cautious fighter yet enjoys toying with his prey by magically deceiving them into considering him an ally before suddenly killing them. If he desires that... If he desires, the touch of Maman's hands can sever bonds between people, whether formal, friendly, or familiar, driving them to randomly attack and steal from their allies in an outburst of greed. Uh, I like this. I think this is a really cool power because this reminds me of what happens when people win the lottery. And oh. suddenly everyone who was their friend and family member becomes super sus. Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, if you reveal that you win the lottery, a lot of times you just start getting sued, like, out of fucking nowhere, pretty yes, much. by it's people who you thought were your friends and family. People you yeah. love. He can produce a symbol of hopelessness and utter an unholy word once per day, surround himself with an aura of fear, and inspire terror in others with his gaze. Despite the, his, despite this more clever behavior, he's also capable of being brutish, crushing, and constricting his enemies through sheer overwhelming power. Once restrained, he can easily use his fangs to inject his adversaries with a disease-laden venom. This is a wasting poison, similar to mummy rot, but acting much faster. Oh, man. That's everything I got on my mind. You got any questions about the dude? Um, I, I just wish we had like a stat block, like a stat block That'd of be some cool. kind. Yeah, we don't. The only archduke we have is Zariel. Really? Is that is that actually the? Only, I guess we didn't do one for Dispater. Huh? Nope. There's none. None of the others. And Zariel's considered, I think, the weakest of the archdukes. So. So yeah, it goes up to third edition. So there's there there must be a third edition stat block somewhere. Huh? Oh yeah, there's third edition stat blocks of all these guys. Okay, so if you want to, if you want stat box for him, you can go find the third yeah, and then try and do some sort of like transfer. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you can find people who did some sort of like transposition between three e these big stat blocks that don't exist five e and brought them to five e. Yeah, I did a quick Google around. to see if I could find one real quick. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, there are a lot of stats available from like third party sources um, that look like they are updated for like a fifth edition play. There so, you go. Uh, you you could go find them or you could make one if you have Zariel. And you can base some of like the kinds of stats you want to make off of that and scale it upwards or down, however you see fit for like the power level of devils, you could do that. Yeah, I agree. I, with that, I think we can get ready for a long rest. Yeah, let's do it. Just outside the studio, ranking members of the Cult of Demogorgon and founders of the Dungeon Cast fan club Grimly and Gromly conspire to send their demonic master pertinent information to aid and abet toward the victory of their true patron, Demogorgon, in the Blood War. Shout out to Demogorgon. Let's listen in. What a nasty, what a nasty little snake boy. Yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty gross. Grotesque. Yeah, honestly, his, his, his home... Playing sounds a lot like a lot of abyssal places that I've seen. How dare you? I'm just saying, like, a lot of abyssal places are pretty gross. They are pretty gross. Like this guy, maybe, I don't know, maybe he'd come to our side. Oh, you, you know you've been trying to work that angle. I really maybe, have, yeah. Maybe we could. Yeah. yeah. How much money do you have on you? <laughs> yeah, not a lot. Me neither. I just mentioned everything I had in some talking through. I'm pretty broke. I keep sending all my gold to the abyss. What are they even using for down there? I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. They haven't done that episode yet. Or have they? Maybe we gotta go back. Maybe we do. They have a lot of episodes. Let's pick up some of the nuances. Anyway, the rune is done. Let's do this shit. Okay. Let's fucking do it. Set a timer for one minute. Alright, let's fucking go! Are we live? We're live! Oh, okay, this guy, uh, he's pretty... Dirty snake boy. Yeah, dirty snake boy. Dirty snake boy. You know, all we gotta do is pay him. Buy him. All we gotta do is you pay him. Buy, you can He'll buy come this right guy. over to our side, I think. He'll bring a lot with him. Buy him, buy his boys. Yes, exactly. Buy them all. Uh, we'll, we'll literally just steal the third layer of hell from them. No, we're gonna have to buy him. Well, yes, I mean, yes, but, like, 
We're stealing it from this money as we're buying it from this guy, Maman. The only thing thing we have to steal is the Declaration of Independence. But we're not talking about that right now. Who's Maman? Who's Maman? Oh, Maman. Yeah. His name's name's Maman. Indeed. He's not Um, someone's mom. He's greedy. We could probably buy him. He's powerful. He looks like a fucking snake. He could probably fund a lot of our army stuff. I thought you were saying he's gonna what? fuck. I said I thought you didn't no. want to do that. No, no, fun, fun. Oh, he's fun. When he fun. comes to our side, we'll have to take his money because he likes that a little too much. Wait, how's he gonna stick around if we take his money? Oh, once we got him. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. shit. Well, hopefully, uh, he takes my advice. Yeah, we got, we got, we got it. We yeah, nailed, we nailed that one. I think this was our best one. I think this was our best one so far. Shout out to Demogorgon. Shout out to Demogorgon. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the long rest. Ha ha! We're here. Indeed, we are. Front flip. Yes. Backflip. Uh, yes, I'll do one of those two. Uh, All right. Uh, your turn. Uh, no, I'm good. You want to do the pirouettes? You like those? Sure. Ah, very beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Prove it. Can't Ooh. you can't prove it? Yeah, you can't. Can't prove we're it. Audio we to- we totally here that. in the long can't rest. Prove it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, thanks for listening to the show. Indeed. Um, Thank and thanks for checking much. out our Patreon where we got bonus content and some cool shit happening. Indeed. Um, Will threw uh, Will threw an idea that we're gonna do into the Discord. Uh, about making a show dedicated to character creation. Indeed, where we make fictional characters from other franchises and try and turn them into D&D characters. It's in the pipeline. We're working on it. Um, I'm hoping to quit my job soon, and we're going to make it happen. Yeah, Will's going to Will's gonna get out of corporate America first. As Indeed. you can tell, we really love corporate I've America. I've said no to show. Maman. No, Maman. Back, <laughs> you filthy snake. <laughs> You vomit twizzler. Um, do we got shout outs? Yeah, we got shout we outs. Got shout outs. Go to patreon.com slash the dungeon cast and get your name on this list, baby. Uh, get ready for Ed E. Marine. Thank you, Ed. Toan Lee. Say again. T O A N L I. Oh. Toan Lee. Thank you, Toan Lee. Stephanie Gildart. Thank you, Stephanie. Andreas Danielson. Thank you, Andreas. David Evitt. Thank you, David. David Evitt. Devat David Evitt. Joseph Del Vecchio. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Joseph. Thank, Thank you, Joseph. you, Joseph. Thank you. And then, uh, yep, upgraded. Did we oh, get yep the thank first you, time? Thank you, yep. I don't remember ever thinking yep. So thank you, do, yep. We need to do a double shout Maybe out yep. yep changed their name for something else. So. To yep. Yeah, to from, yep. From, from nope. From nope to yep. Thank you, yep. Thank you, yep. Thank you. Yep. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> yep. That was all of them, dude. Cool. Thank Hell you guys. Yeah. I hope you guys are enjoying your uh, bonus content. We have big, big plans for the Patreon. We're gonna we're in the works for a premium show after we're done here with SuperQuest because that has got my hands full right now. But as soon as I'm done with that, we got a few new projects coming out. Yeah. Uh, one of them is going to be a big premium Patreon show. We'll, you guys will hear more about it in the future. You can check out the things we have on there right now, like early ad-free episodes of this show, um, OST for everything we do, including SuperQuest Saga. There's a lot of people have been asking about that. And then there are... Uh, like actual play adventures and stuff that we do that are really oh yeah, funny. lots of live play stuff if you like live play stuff especially comedy stuff we got a lot on there do you like merch that only a select few can achieve having in their wardrobe you can get into those tiers and get stickers and t-shirts and mugs mugs yeah Is all, that, oh we, yeah we change it up every year every, every october year. we change it and october, we're sending or out november new. depending on how long the process takes to change the item true that which sometimes it's a it's a little bit, but anyway, <laughs> um, let's let's go to the long rest checklist where we talk about other stuff. 
leave an app. Oh yeah, uh, leave an Apple Podcast or Spotify review or whatever you're listening to the show on. Please review it somehow. Hit that like. Yeah. Subscribe, Let the world know how much you like our show by leaving some sort of rating or review. It helps tremendously. It helps like, so seriously. Much. It's it's very quick and very easy to do. Yeah. If you've been listening to the show for dozens, scores, or hundreds of episodes and you haven't left one, you know, maybe help us out. You can think about maybe, it. Yeah, you can think about it. Are you touching your phone right now? Like you're, you're, you're three clicks away from leaving that review. Hit that unlock. Yeah, you don't even have to type a lot of stuff. You can just yeah. be like, five stars, pro shit, yeah, bye. Exactly. That's totally cool. Totally so cool we'll thank you in advance. Thank you. We got a merch store. It has merch in it. It has merch in it. It's got t-shirts. It's got jackets. It's got mugs. It's got cups. It's, it's got, got pants. It's got all kinds of stuff. It and doesn't have pants. It has a bunch of cool logos and a bunch of cool artwork from all of our different shows. Damn it. We need to work on getting pants in the merch store. We do. The dungeon um, pants. The dungeon pants. Um, if you want to rep your fandom of our shows, just go there and check it out. We're, we're selling plenty of stuff. Yeah, we're selling plenty of stuff. And, and it, it, it directly supports us. Yeah, so. it kicks a few bucks our way, and that's mm-hmm. super awesome. Then mm-hmm. that's basically how Will's going to quit, is mm-hmm. we're going to give him all the money from teachers. That's That's not how it is, <laughs> but thank you, but no. Uh, uh, Spread the word. Yeah. If you've already you done everything pr- we just said, just tell your friends. You moved, the pr- you moved it to parentheses Blood Eagle instead of just Blood Eagle. <laughs> You didn't need to do that. No, Everybody I forgot knows. that the, this was a <laughs> you thing. You forgot about the blood eagle? I did. Don't ever I'm forget. Sad. We talk about it every episode. I know oh we God. weeks go by in between recording sessions. But. Spread that blood eagle. I mean the word. <laughs> um, Just tw- tweet hashtag blood eagle. Or everyone don't. will know about it. No, us please, please, dear God, don't. No, don't do that. Um, but you can follow us on Discord, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok because we've got stuff going on there too. Uh, or just hashtag Beagle, and it will know what you mean. I hate it. I hate it. No. <laughs> that was secret code. That's Thieves Discord, Twitter, That's Instagram, right TikTok. There. Go there. Use one of our Thieves Can't hashtags that we're going to start putting out. <laughs> the first one's Beagle. That's oh, a Dungeon Cast I hashtag. I hate it. <laughs> Are we going to call it a game? Um, oh, you said the last I line. I did. I said it twice. You jumped the shark. I did. I was trying to move on from the Blood Eagle. Is that a... Turn a phrase, jump the shark. Yes, it doesn't mean what you just said. What does it mean? It means that when uh, it's used in reference to shows or any type of media, when a media has gone on long enough that it starts becoming bad or the writers run out of ideas, we say it's jump the shark. Jump the shark. Mm -hmm. What did I mean to say just now? Jump the ship? Uh, Jumped ahead. You jumped the gate? I cut in line. You jumped the gate. Sure. Yeah, cut the line. Jump the gate. Let's call it a game. Okay. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. 
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.